All right, church, how we doing this morning? Good, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I am truly so excited to be able to share with you all this morning. I've had a bunch of friends out here and even in California texting me and they keep asking me, how are you feeling about this coming Sunday? And I'm like, y'all, I am super excited. And I just have to take a moment to shout out our pastors who I call Uncle Bill and Uncle Jim because they constantly encourage me to be me and to not be anything else. And they trust my relationship with God so much. So thank you, Bill and Jim, I appreciate you. I am so blessed to be out of scent and just have you guys in my corner. All right, so for those of you that know me, you may know how I get down. But for those of you that don't, let me let you know a little something. Every time I'm up here, there is one thing that I will say every single time, and it's that I like when y'all talk back to me. I love interaction when I speak. Amens, you go girls, I'm here for it, okay? Okay, cool. Thank you, yes, okay. So y'all, my preparation for today's message has been completely different than what I normally do. Before I knew what I was gonna talk about, I knew who I was gonna talk about, and that brought up a new level of excitement and preparation for me. And I can't speak for all of you, but the past two months here at Ascent, I really sense that God is up to something through the messages, through the worship, through the different ministries that we have here in my life and in the lives of those that I'm connected to. I strongly believe God is up to something and I believe he's been setting the stage and preparing our hearts to not only receive these words today, but to actually apply them to our lives. And I know that Jim prayed for us, but I have to take a moment myself to pray. So I'm going to just ask that you guys would pray with me. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you that I'm able to gather here and worship with my brothers and sisters and to grow from your word. Holy Spirit, I surrender this time to you. I pray that you would help me to articulate everything that you've placed on my heart, that you would personalize this message to every person under the sound of my voice, and that you would do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. So y'all, my husband is so lucky. He got to go with the team to Cuba, and since I didn't get to go, I figured I might as well go to California. And to be fair, I had a bunch of family stuff planned. I had my sister-in-law's baby shower yesterday. Y'all, I got to Colorado at 2 a.m., okay? And I am alive and well this morning, so God is good. Um, yes. So I have a baby shower yesterday. I have family from Chicago coming in. So I'm like, this is perfect timing. But there was one thing that wasn't on my agenda, and that was to go to Disneyland. So y'all, my mom texted me a few days before I was leaving, she, and she insisted that uh, my little sister, who I should stop calling my little sister because she turns 18 next month, pray for me guys, she insisted that we go to Disneyland with her and my little cousins and just make a big day out of it. And then you know, I kind of thought to myself, because I am um, adulting and saving for a house, Disneyland is expensive, okay? Lollipops are $8, water is $10, it's a lot. So I'm like, mm, you know what, mom, you guys go, I'll meet you for dinner, it's fine. But then she offered to pay, so I was like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> 
And with that, I was like, this experience is not for me, it's for my cousins, and I'm so glad that I get to be with them because living out here, I don't get to see them a ton. So we get to Disneyland, we're in the parking structure, and as soon as we get out, you see everyone in their Disney gear, they got the mouse ears, the little girls got the princess dresses on, guys got the costumes, you name it. My little cousins are getting excited. I'm fine, I'm normal, I'm an adult. Something happens when I walk into the entrance of Disneyland. True story, this song was not playing at Disneyland. It was just like in my heart. It's like my heart had a soundtrack going on. And the song went a little something like this. I don't know the words, mama. Um, yeah, all these Disney movies are like flashing in my mind, my favorite characters. Can I sing, y'all? Can I be on worship? Let Becky know. All right, so they're all coming to my mind, and then I start to have this thought. Like, um, I want a Disney princess gown too, so I'm looking in the gift shops, and I don't see one. And y'all, I'm grown years old. I shouldn't be in a Disney gown unless I'm working at Disney. Nevertheless, I settled for some mini ears, and then Cinderella was my favorite princess as a kid, and I seen her coming my direction, and y'all, I fangirled for about three seconds till I, I remembered that she's just a person in a costume. So clearly, someone sprinkled some pixie dust on me or something when I walked into the park. So Disney's amazing, and then it's time to eat, getting a little hangry. We find a spot, and where we're sitting, the tables are so close to each other. Like, you can't help but hear what the next person is talking to you. And yes, it's true, I did wanna be a spy when I was kid. When I was a kid. I had this little equipment called Spy Ear, where you would like put it next to the door and you can kinda hear what's going on. You feel me, you nodding your head? Okay, cool. Um, but this wasn't that. So there was a family of five right behind me. Mom, dad, son, daughter, and grandma. Shout out to all the amazing grandmas in the room. I appreciate you. Yes, grandma love. And I overhear the dad say this. I have to go. It's urgent. I'll be back as soon as I can. And the kids responded, dad, why? What about us? We're at Disneyland. Why are you gonna leave us? And then they're kind of going back and forth because they don't understand why their dad has to leave. And I just have a moment and I think to myself, okay, God, I see you. Sermon prep on a Saturday at Disneyland. And I couldn't help but laugh because it reminded me so much of the scripture that we're going to be looking at today. The children could not understand why their dad was, um, was leaving, and they responded with questions and frustration. The daughter started crying, actually. And that's very similar to how I see the disciples responding to Jesus when he tells them they have to leave. And I know that the disciples were tripping and freaking out and afraid because the very first thing Jesus tells them in John 14, 1, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Then he goes on to tell them that he's preparing a place for them and that where he's going, they know. And then one of the disciples is like, uh, Jesus, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. 
So then Jesus responds and tells them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then another disciple interrupts and he's like, okay, show us the Father and that'll be good for us. And then Jesus is like, bruh. Actually, it's Aisha translation. (laughs) Bruh, how many times do I have to tell you this? I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And he goes on to reiterate that, and that takes us to the point where we'll be looking at today, starting at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. We are in the second week of our series, Final Four, where we're looking at the final words of Jesus leading up to the cross. And I can't help but automatically think of Jesus promising the Holy Spirit, our helper. And if you were here last week, you know that Jim, he talked about the Holy Spirit without having a discussion about it. In John 14, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit twice. And when scripture repeats something, it's not random. It's so we can pay attention to it. And then when God starts repeating something in our lives today, it's because he wants us to really grab hold of whatever it is that's being said. So today, I want to lean in a little bit more to the Holy Spirit. So normally when I'm preparing a message, there is a word that jumps out at me. And that word was dwell. As believers, when we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, our helper, comes to dwell or live on the inside of us. And that just kept repeating over and over in my mind. And then I thought about Disneyland. When you go to Disneyland for the first time, you get a gift. And when you put your faith in Jesus for the first time, you get a gift as well. That's the helper, the Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was limited and temporary. Jim touched on this last week and he said that the Spirit would come upon certain people for a specific task or a specific purpose. And then once that was completed, it would depart. But there's something in the Old Testament that I want to look at that I think really helps us grasp this concept of the Spirit dwelling in us. And as I'm speaking today, I want you guys to just keep this question in mind. Are you connected? So in Exodus 25, God tells Moses, and let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. There goes that word again, dwell. God gave the people of Israel very specific instructions to build this sanctuary, to build this temple so his presence can dwell. And I actually have a picture to give you guys a better idea of what this looked like. So in the front, um, that curtain right there separated the sanctuary into two parts. In front of the curtain, in the um, in front of the curtain was the holy place, and then behind the curtain, where you see it circled, that was the most holy place. 
And that's where God's presence was. But the catch was not everybody could go to the most holy place. Only the high priest could, and only once a year. So now in 1 Corinthians six nineteen, it says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you from God? And y'all, I just love that contrast because we went from needing a temple to access God's spirit to being the temple for God's spirit. And I think a lot of times when we, we, talk, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit often, number one, but a lot of times we don't really think like God's spirit is in us. And there's a really popular song that we sing here at church and churches all over the world. And there's a portion of that song and it says, let us become more aware of your presence. And I believe that's one of the things God wants us to cling on to today. God wants us to become more aware of the Holy Spirit, not just the spirit in the scripture, not just the spirit at church, not just the spirit in a worship song, but the spirit that dwells in you, the spirit that lives inside of you 24 seven, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 366 days when it's leap year, okay? That spirit is on the inside of us. And to put a modern perspective on this, think of the Holy Spirit as your roommate. How many of us in here have had a roommate before? It might not have been one you like, it might have been one you like, but I think most of us can relate to having a roommate. And I wanna share with you all a little bit of my freshman experience in college. So back in my day, there was no such thing as community bathroom, community shower, community kitchen, no boo-boo. I had my own kitchen, own bathroom, own living room, and a balcony, okay? Yes, <laughs> I was blessed, Cal State Northridge, uh-huh. So y'all, there's four people in a dorm, two people per room, in my room, I was able to room with my cousin who was a year older than me and that was really epic. And the other two girls, I didn't know, but I was able to meet them on move-in day. They seemed really cool and awesome, so I'm like, cool, no drama. And then as time goes on, I don't really see these girls. We have different schedules. There's no interaction. There's no talking about this huge transition we just made from high school to college. There's no discussing the boys that we like. There is nothing at all. And I wonder for those of us that are here today, is the Holy Spirit a roommate that you have no connection with? Now think about that. You dwell together, you live together, you share the same space, but do you have a connection? And I want you to think about the people you live with, your spouse, your kids, your siblings, your friends. Wouldn't that be odd to not have any connection, not have any interaction with them? And I believe that God wants us to have 
not just any old connection with the Holy Spirit, but God wants us to have an intimate connection with the Holy Spirit. But many of us, we settle for default settings. And default settings is when you put your faith in Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. But just because you have the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you have um, an intimate connection with him. And why is that? Is it because, like I mentioned before, we're not aware? We're not aware of who the Holy Spirit is, of his role? We're, we're skeptical, we're confused, we're unsure how to approach the Holy Spirit? Or maybe it's our upbringing. Maybe it's how we were raised that that wasn't even an option, that wasn't even something you considered, that was only for special people. But I believe God wants us to have an intimate connection and there's another word in, in that passage that jumped out to me, and that word was know. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. When we use the word know, we use it in a very casual sense. Yeah, I know Eric. Yeah, I know Maddie. Yeah, I know Beyonce. Yeah, of course. But when you look in scripture, you see that they use know or knew in a very different way. It has more of a intimate, deep meaning. If you look back in Genesis, when the scripture says, Adam knew Eve. That scripture is not telling us that Adam knew who Eve was. No, Adam knew Eve means Adam and Eve were intimate. And the Aisha translation would say, Adam and Eve did a little something, something. But it means that they have an intimate connection. The same thing when it says, when Abraham knew Sarah. And then I think of the passage in scripture um, where God says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And then Psalm 139 says, I believe it's David that's writing, you formed my most inward parts. You know me in such an intimate way. You know me better than I know myself. You know my shortcomings. You know the things that I struggle with now. You know the things that I'll struggle with later. You know my proclivities, you know me. So there's this intimate connection that God wants us to have with, his, with the Holy Spirit. And the last thing that I wanna share with you all this morning is that the Holy Spirit helps us to have Christ-like character. I think a lot of times in the messages that I've heard about the Holy Spirit, um, it's usually referencing Acts, which says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And then since I love movies so much, I think of Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty walking around like doing crazy cool stuff because he has, you know, the power of God. But I really want us to focus today on the Holy Spirit being our helper. And what do I mean by having Christ-like character. Do y'all know the parts of the scripture where you look at and it just says things and you're like, God, how am I supposed to do that? You want me to pray for my enemies? You want me to bless those who persecute me? Y'all, before Jesus came into my life, I used to be somewhat of a savage because if you did me wrong, 
If you offended me, if you rubbed me the wrong way, even if I thought there was just something off about you, that was it for me. No second chances, no such thing as grace, not at all. But when you have not only an awareness of the Holy Spirit, but an intimate connection with the Holy Spirit, he helps you to pray for your enemies. He helps you to pray for those who've wronged you, who've offended you. And then I think of the passage where it says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And maybe some of you, when you hear that, you're like, how the heck can I love my neighbor when I can't even love my own blood, when I can't even love my own brother, my own uncle, my own cousin? How can I do that with the Holy Spirit? How can I forgive someone who has hurt me so much and they don't even think that they've done anything wrong or think that I deserve an apology? The Holy Spirit can help you forgive someone who has yet to apologize. The Holy Spirit empowers you to truly reflect Christ. I feel so bad sometimes for the people who've had an interaction with someone who labels themselves as a Christian and they don't really reflect Christ. They reflect hate. They reflect judgment. And my Jesus wasn't like that. My Jesus was, would go beside you, would be right next to you in the midst of your sin, in the midst of what people were accusing you for. He was all about love. The scripture says in John that by this, people will know you are my disciples, by your love for one another. And the Holy Spirit helps us to have that love even when we don't want to, even when we don't think someone deserves it. And if the band could come up right now, I'd really appreciate that. The last service laughed too. I'm trying to say it in the same tone so it flows, but y'all think it's funny. That's fine. <laughs> so I want to go back to that analogy of the Holy Spirit as our roommate. And when you have that intimate connection, something that the Holy Spirit will do, he does to me often, is I'll get a little knock at my door. And when I, mean, when I say door, I mean my heart. And he'll let me know that he, he sees me. He sees that I'm hurting. He sees that I'm struggling with a decision. He sees that I'm struggling with where I am right now in life. And he'll let me know that. He'll comfort me. He'll let me know, I know you're hurting right now and it's hard and you cried all night, but I'm here with you. I got you, girl. And y'all, who is the Holy Spirit? He's a he and not a it. A person, not a force. He is called our helper, our advocate, our comforter, our counselor, the spirit of truth. And that's who we have if we've put our faith in Jesus living on the inside of us. And maybe that's not you today, but you're thinking, wow, I want a roommate like that. One that's not gonna get on my nerves and use my dishes and just be rude and do crazy stuff, but actually help me, come alongside me, live in me, walk with me, help me to not only be a better person, but a Christ-like person. How would your life look if you had an intimate connection with the Holy Spirit? What would be different? 
How would our church be different? How would our jobs, our communities be different? I want to encourage you all today to really cling to those words. Pray for that connection. Invite him in. It's not as hard as some people make it seem. Be aware, acknowledge, talk, and listen. Because sometimes we can get to the point where we're good at talking, but we don't know how to listen and be still. I'm going to close this out in prayer. Father, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you for the words, God, that you wanted us to hear. And I pray, God, for myself and every person in this room that we would become more aware of your presence on the inside of us, that we would strive to have not a limited connection with your spirit, but an intimate connection with your spirit. Holy Spirit, keep working in us. Keep working through us. Keep knocking at the door of our heart to get our attention. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.